Chombita Chronicles, y como dijo, y como fue, Chombita Chronicles, say yes, I'm here, I'm here with Amali. Hola, Amali here from Ondas Podcast, and I am so excited to come to you with the first of its kind collaboration with Yobi D of Chombita Chronicles, and we are two Afro-Latinas coming together to unify and elevate and talk about the Afro-Latinx experience and how amazing and beautiful nuestra gente es. So, tune in. Ustedes están escuchando el show de Chombita Chronicles que en este momento, antes de empezar el show, dale a ese botoncito de la plataforma donde estás escuchando este podcast para hacer el follow, seguirme, recibir notificaciones. Si estás en la plataforma de iTunes o Apple Podcasts, dale, entra y dale cinco estrellas a este show y deja tu comentario. Awesome. All right. So, you know, I have the list um, of questions and stuff that you, you and I kind of share with each other. Let's just yes. like, let's go in, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and I, I liked, you know, I like the, I, this conversation we're having around identity. Um, curious to know uh, how you officially identify, um, you know, whether it's Afro Latinx or if it's, Afro-Panamanian or like what's your official identity um what's your background and and how did you come about embracing you know this you know this complex culture that we represent right the Latino and the Black you know culture right. and race Hit me. I think I think think I think that I've been I've been dealing with that for a long time but now fast forward today we have a definition to it i i identify myself as afro descendant or mm. afro latina because it's like i'm the generation like way surpassing for my great grandparents one came from jamaica one came from grenada one came from from san andres so it's Afrodescendiente. I, mm -hmm. I can use Afro-Latina, but I have to be forward with you, which I have said it in my podcast. When I yep. heard the word Afro-Latina a couple of years ago, I was not feeling it. I was like, what is this? I'm like, do we need another label? I'm like, mm, why? But then yeah. when you keep on learning and understanding that then they were saying that El Movimiento de la Raza was not actually including us or representing mm -hmm. us right. at the time and then the whole george floyd thing happened and then it came a, a really big scope and highlight to okay this big elephant in the room amongst latinos saying okay this is what's going on how are you guys going to deal with this right yeah no i i it's interesting i i i um i appreciate that perspective um, you know, I can officially say that I have um, come to terms and, and officially say I, I identify as Afro-Latina, um, but similar to, to kind of how you, you came to it, 
Um, you know, I honestly can't even recollect when the word Afro-Latina or Afro-Latinx like started to kind of be this, this popular thing. Um, I, I know that it became really relevant and important to me a few years ago when I was going through my hair journey. Um, and, you know, I always talk about it because I think people, you know, anytime I talk about hair on the podcast, it, it creates a lot of buzz and a lot of energy. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the areas where um, I'm seeing a lot of change in, um, you know, Afro descendants, um, uh, folks that represent, um, you know, the, the African diaspora, um, the Black diaspora, um, appreciating their natural hair. And I would say that I spent 16 years of my corporate professional experience wearing my hair like this because it was easier for me to get in and out of meetings and, and, and have dealings and, you know, um, feel like I've, you know, achieved success um, by removing a kind of a barrier. Cause every time I would wear my hair curly, something would, you know, pop up, you know, someone would say a sideways comment or, you know, it would become a topic wow. of conversation. Yeah. And so I, re I don't know that I did it consciously. Like I remember I started in this, in, in corporate with my hair curly. And then I just, don't worry, one day, transition. <laughs> I just said one day I was like, I came home. I'm not going to lie to you. I came home. I had paper clips in my hair. And, um, and I realized that it was because someone at work had thought it was cute and funny to put that stuff in my hair. And I said, you know what, I'm not doing this because it's becoming a distraction, you know, and not because I don't appreciate my hair this way is because it's a distraction. It's becoming something, a barrier for me. And so I spent 16 years and it was great. No one asked any questions about my hair, you know, it's like, she sees oh what God. you get. And then three years ago, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I need to wear my hair curly. It looks good that way, you know? Like, I need to, like, you know, come out, you know? And so I started wearing curly. People still came around with their sideways comments. And, um, and I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it as a way to, um, you know, to... Um, you know, start a conversation, you know, and, 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 and let people know, you know, wh why, you know, my hair looks the way that it does and, and why I could switch it, you know, every now and then to curly straight or whatever. Um, and that how proud I am of it. And, and I think that was a moment where I didn't switch back, you know, I wore it for three years straight curly without, you know, going back to straight. And, um, and I, and I definitely started to kind of feel different, you know, more empowered, um, right. More liberated, <laughs> you know, like I just that's, felt that's like, what it, yeah, yeah, it was amazing, you know? Um, and then I would say like, so that was like the hair thing, you know, and it became a topic of conversation, literally every, you know, every, every time I would get on a call, you know, where there was, a, you know, a panel for, you know, uh, you know, Hispanic heritage or something, you know, the conversation around hair would definitely pop up it and, is. And people would comment. They're like, I understand. I get it. I'm, I can't believe. Thank you so much for talking about this because, you know, everybody, you think about how stressful it is to get up to go to work. And now with Zoom, like, I can't even imagine how stressed people are to think about my hair doesn't look right today, you know, and I got to be on a Zoom call with people looking straight at me, you know, and, and assessing, you know, um, like that's stressful, you know, and it, that takes away from your, your, 
the space in your brain that should be used to be creative and, you know, productive and, you know, to shine, you know, it's like, why do you have to be thinking about that and stressing about that? Anyway, that's like the hair journey. But I would say, like you mentioned the George Floyd thing, I definitely think, um, you know, that was also another pivotal moment for me in terms of, um, again, showing up as Afro-Latina, like fully, fully showing up and using the terminology um, you know, in conversation in terms of that's how I identify. I think it's necessary that we use our voice from that perspective to help advocate for the Black experience, to be able to say, like, I represent and I understand what the Black experience is, um, and I'm here to advocate and help, you know, dismantle and, and, and address some of the systemic racial inequities that are um, inherent in the world. And, and, and so I think that that's important. Um, you know, I think prior to coming to this country, um, I don't know that I was ever thinking about, you know, and I don't know about you when you were in Panama, you know, like I wasn't thinking about my, the no, color of my no, skin. No, no, it all started <laughs> here. It, it all started, it all started here, right? here. It all started here, given the fact that even my own, my own family is so diverse. It yeah. is from the lightest. It's just a rainbow of people, different shades, everything. And it all started here. It all started when I started living here to the point that I used to, which is pretty pronoun that black people use gold, gold earrings, gold, you know, yes. and I literally end up switching my gold apparel to silver because somewhere in this lining, they were like, do not relate yourself with african-americans mm -hmm. you have to distinguish yourself away from them but you but here i am i did not know what they were going through or what what was the difference because then obviously later on but it was like again that narrative of divide and conquer so right. it's like dividing when actually all of us have been going through the same thing oppressive and distinction and undermining and I was like, wow, but yeah, it took me a, a, a great time to understand that. Well, it's a great, so like same experience. I was nine when I traveled to the States. I was so excited to be here, Yobi. I, I was like, <laughs> my mom came to me and she was like, you know, you know, and you're going to be going by yourself. And I was like, where's my suitcase? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I did not look back, you know, I, I can't remember actually like getting on a plane and doing all that, but like, I remember that conversation that I had with her and that excitement. And for me, the excitement was really about, you know, opportunity, um, one and two, um, you know, cause that's all you talk about when you're, you know, when I was in yeah, DR. In our countries, a better opportunity. My family right? was already leaving before better opportunity, better pay. Of better education, right? Education. You have better options for work, you know, things like that. And so I was like, check, you know, and then two, I never seen snow in my life. Now I have so much <laughs> snow outside that you can't even like, I'm like, can you please get rid of it today? Uh, but I, I was so excited to see snow. It was like my two drivers to coming to the States. And, um, and then when I came here, you know, people were constantly asking me, like, you know, like, where are you from? Like, whoever it was that would encounter me, I was always getting asked. And, and then like, all of a sudden, I felt like I had to pick, you know, I had to pick a side, I had to pick 
either I was, yeah. you know, because yeah. I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican, you had to either be Dominican or Puerto Rican. You couldn't be both. And you're like, why? <laughs> you know? So it was like, why like, do why? I have to choose? Yeah. Why you know, do I have like, to choose? <laughs> you're like, oh, well, where were you born? I was Puerto Rico. Oh, well, you're Puerto Rican. I'm like, no, I my family represents both, you know? And so, um, so then, you know, then I was taught about being Hispanic, right? You're checking off applications or whatever, you know, and there's this word Hispanic. And so there I was like, I guess I'm Hispanic, you know? And then, you know, and it was like my journey with identifying and understanding how I talk about where I come from and who I am started to evolve because of it. Um, And I would say when I was in college, you know, that's where this this identifier or this connection to um, you know, that the Afro descendant part of what you were saying earlier started to come to like really to light, you know, where I had, you know, um, friends call me out and say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're black Dominican. That's what you are, you know, and you need to own that, you know? And so I was like, cool, that sounds awesome. Like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then I realized I wanted to find something that was more unifying, you know, and so I was excited when I heard the word Latina one, cause I could say Latina and use my accent and show, show that I actually speak the language. Um, and then Afro Latina came into play, you know, as you know, and so like, I, I use them both interchangeably. Um, yes. you know, I think, you know, the, the whole point is that we're not homogenous, Right. You know, and I think that's what I, and makes that's the how black. I felt all the time. And that's all I was like, but why can I choose? I'm like, I live in three different worlds. It's like <laughs> it's almost complejos, right? You yeah, know, like yeah. you know, so like we are, you know, our culture, our where we come from, our roots, our traditions, all of it is very rich and deep. And and you know, and it's actually why I think. Afro being Afro Latinx is is a superpower. <laughs> you know, I I actually define it as a superpower. You know, for us, you know, I think it has it gives us an ability to transcend. You know, those the divisive. You know, um, you know things that come in front of us, and and to be unifiers. You know, and and like even in some of the interviews that I've done, Marco Davis, um, who's the president and CEO of the um, Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute, um, you know, speaks about this in, in, in the podcast, one of my, my, my pilot podcasts, um, you know, how, you know, we're here, we're unifiers, you know, that's, that's what we makes are. us special, you know, and, and so like, we should be using that. Yes, no, I definitely agree. Um, more than more than ever, we definitely have to come together. We have to support each other because at the same narrative, it's like we, even though black Latinos or Latinos, you know, the black black people from Latin America has gone through a different kind of experience versus yeah. the black African Americans from the United States. At the end of the token, it's like we all go through strive strive to make better, strive yep. to improve our lives. So the journey has been kind of similar, but it's very different. And um, and now you understand why they go through because the United States was black and white doesn't come together. However, right. in Latin America, black and white was a hierarchy and who mm-hmm. was allowed to, to be around. 
So that's the difference where, you know, where it makes it so hard for certain Americans to understand and say, what, what do you mean? And we were allowed to blend to a certain extension. That's why I say I felt the discrimination, the racism or the limitations once I got here. here yeah. I didn't know what that energy was, but I was like, the judgment came when I started living here based on, I haven't even opened my mouth, but you're already <laughs> judging me for what I look like. Yep. So how, based on that, how están escuchando Chombita Chronicles con su anfitriona Yovi D. Claro que sí. Quédense ahí. We'll be right back. Ok, ustedes se preguntan, pero entonces a mí me encanta Chombita Chronicles porque quiero escuchar más episodios. Pues sabes que sabes cómo vas a escuchar más episodios por tocando ese botoncito que está a la entrada de este podcast que dice apoyen el podcast o support this podcast. Ahí me vas a ayudar para que yo siga creando contenido para ti, contigo y para el resto de la gente fabulosa como tú. So say yes, say yes, I'm here. How were you able to, despite all of that, the, the, the racism, the, the, the colorism, the classism, the discrimination, how, how were you able and, and are able to thrive and rise above that, you know, with grace? Um, you know, I know it's tough, you know, this word code switching comes up a lot in conversations, oh, yeah. it, you know, imposter syndrome, like, how are you doing it? Well, um, my background is in TV production. So basically my career, I started my, my career with uh, Univision. I used to work for Univision for like almost 15 years. Um, it's where I, I have my, you know, made my best friends through college, throughout the whole process. Um, I, grew, I grew in that company as an intern made it to middle management. And then obviously there's a lot of things that branch out. I would not tell you, like, did I feel limited? I felt limited once you got, you get to a certain level of management and mm. that's where you feel the difference. That's where, you know, you hit that glass ceiling or yep. that wall. So that's where things kind of change. And then I, I was laid off after 15 years and then career definitely was different. Then I got the job with Fox that brought me to LA. And then that was really also a great experience, but I got a lot of hostility from my, my, my coworkers, like my, the people that I was supervising because they were like, she's black. She has this accent. Why she's our boss who brought her here. <laughs> And there's yeah. like the whole, I end up winning those people back. Of course, of course. But, but at, the, <laughs> at the beginning was like a barrier, like yeah. why you are going to be our boss? Why mm -hmm. this? Why that? And I was like, you guys are taking it too differently. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm here to improve the system. And, you know, you can feel the hostility, as I said, but with grace, with grace, And I decided that I'm going to carry myself with the utmost, um, what is it? Honesty above mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Authenticity. Yeah. Authenticity above everything. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to let my actions speak and the way that I carry myself. 
And that's what's going to speak to you. And as I said, they came around, but it took a while for me to understand. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a point that I was about to like quit or leave because I yeah. could not deal with it. It was just because, but then I was like, no, you have to do this. You have to, you know, navigate the etiquette of business and, and learn and just let your work speak for itself and your personality, your yep. personality. And that's what I'm going to go through. That's amazing. That's beautiful. I mean, and like, I think that, um, that is certainly very reminiscent of my experience. I've been in corporate for, especially this, this space, this job, um, not even this job, but this, my job has changed many times throughout my career, mm -hmm. but I've been in the same company for 20 mm -hmm. years. So most okay, people wow. that know me know, <laughs> know me, right? Like, so a lot of those microaggressions, like, um, you know, do they still happen? Yes, but they're more subtle. Yeah. They're more yeah. subtle. Like back in the day when I started, they were definitely like in your face, you know, um, to the point to like the point that you said you want to quit and you want to move, you know, you want to change your hair because, you know, people are just doing crazy stuff and, and, and it is a distraction, you know, and it, it does create this extra burden, you know, where you're just trying to be like amazing and, you know, right. in the role that you were placed, you have to now think about not just being amazing, but also, you know, um, dismantling like the stigma that people have around who you are and what you represent. So, you know, so I think that's phenomenal that you've been able to, you know, navigate that. I think that's also part of our, our DNA, by the way, is Afro-Latinx It's called people. like a resilience, you know, yeah. that resilience that you start building, you know, it's beyond getting thick skin. It's just a resilience that I'm not going to allow people to determine what I am or who I am based on what do you want to be? You know, it's like, it doesn't work that way. I think it's because, um, my mom talks about this, like we're relationship people, you know, I don't, yes. I don't know if it's, I, and I could say, I can speak on behalf of other Latinos, you know, that we are truly like, that's how we, um, navigate life is through relationships. And so we like, I'm, I love meeting people. And that's one of the reasons I have this podcast is like, I love now that you and I are connected, you know, <laughs> but I love building relationships. And it's always about like the, the positive of that, you know, like, how can we collaborate? How can we do great things? How can we give back to community? How can, you know, like, that's how we're sort of hardwired. Um, and I think we bring that in everything, right? We bring that to work. We bring that to, you know, if we're going to school, we're bringing, you know, we bring yes. it wherever we go. Yes. Um, I would say for me, like in terms of, um, you know, dealing with, with racism and, and, and some of the challenges, you know, around microaggressions, I, I have found it very interesting that I actually feel like I'm now, not even now, but historically have felt more excluded and treated differently by um, Latinos, white Latinos, <laughs> or non-Afro descendant, you know, or non, you know, Afro Latinx people, um, then, you know, then, then, um, you know, let's say, um, you know, the, the American Black um, um, demographic, or, you know, um, even, you know, whites in the, in, in America, or, or throughout the world, or folks right. that I've interacted right. with, I feel like I'm, I'm, 
I am treated more differently or excluded um, by by white Latinos. Um, and and so, you know, I think, you know, the conversation around race recently um, has also brought up. So there's that. Right. But then there's this um, um, experience that I'm starting to see in terms of, um, you know, people questioning me and whether I truly I, I understand the um the 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 black experience you know um because i'm afro latina you know and and so it's almost like why why are you saying that why are you representing that way you don't understand you don't you don't know what the black experience really is you're you're La you're latina you don't know um and so like i feel like i'm now with the conversation around race i get questioned around that and like expected to choose choose a side you know that as a you result. haven't that that you haven't gone through hurdles or right. treated differently hello y como dijo otra nota más, si te gusta este podcast, compártelo con tu amigo, amiga, familia, tía, chino, perro, como sea, ya sabes cómo es la vuelta. Chao, chao. That I just don't understand what it means to be black, you know, because because I speak Spanish, because I my family's from DR and Puerto Rico, you know, like, and I'm like, no, I I do understand, you know, there's no question in my mind, no hay duda ninguna para mí, um, that I understand, um, you know, that I get, I, I get treated uh, very similarly, um, if not the same to, you know, um, you know, to African-Americans, you know, and so like that, that question comes up a lot, um, has been coming up a lot, I think more recently, again, one of those things where you just kind of have to keep you know, let the, let your actions, you know, um, well, that's what I will say. Figure. Integrity, integrity yeah. above anything, you know. Yep. So um for me it's been the the journey, integrity above anything. I want to say that living in Miami and living in LA is two different atmosphere mm. or ambiance is um I I will say that my presence felt more here in LA than what I was doing. I don't know if it's like, it's just the atmosphere in Miami is, I'm not saying that there's not colorism or discrimination, but in the environment that I was involved, it did not felt exactly that way. Inclusive. Exactly. Because people would and tell me, oh, are you Cubana or are you Venezolana or something like that? Like there was more an awareness versus you would think that the second second market or the first market when it comes to Spanish speaking LA would be more aware. And it was like, no, where you from? Or actually I would get the feedback of como aprendiste a hablar español. Oh and my gosh. Like, I'm like, wow. what do you mean? Como aprendí a hablar de español muy bien. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I get that all the time. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's more so the white Latino community, or I'd say the non-Black Latino community, you know, because sometimes you have even like the, you know, mixed, you know, mixed race or whatever. And they're just kind of like, same thing, you know, Hi, que hable español muy bien. I get that all the time. And I'm like, what, like, have you been living under a rock or something? <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, I said, like, just the comments that make you 
you know, they're just, it's oppressive, I think, you know, um, but, but to your point, um, you know, you use those opportunities to, to show up, you know, um, like yourself, you know, and, and let that speak for itself, you know, certainly um, being Afro-Latina, you know, and, and the things that you've learned along the way, certainly my experiences, both living in DR, you know, having that experience, you know, traveling to the States, adapting and immersing to the culture here and the American environment, navigating through my professional, you know, endeavors and my career, um, you know, all of that is a part of my, of my DNA. And so like, I'm able to take all of that and, and use it, you know, again, like as my, as my way to kind of charge through, you know, some of these challenges that come up um, and, and, and educate others, you know, certainly, um, you know, I come from a country that is predominantly of African ancestry. And, you know, I, I remember, so, so while I didn't have to think about identifying while I was in DR, um, there were definitely signs of colorism in the country, you know, that were really prevalent, you know, and I think till this day are, 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 are still being kind of um, challenged. I mean, there was a point in time where in DR, your passport actually identified you by the color of your skin, you know, moreno, oh, indio, wow. negro, yeah, trigueña, you know, like these were terms that were on your passport. Um, uh, and I would say like, that's not the case today. Um, and we still use those as terms of endearment, you know, India, you know, Morena, like these are things that people use all the time as like, um, ways to, um, put you in, you know, in a, in a place, um, and, and have you identified in a certain way. I think all of that, you know, within our country needs to be dismantled within the U S needs to be dismantled. Um, you know, but I've certainly learned that um, there's there's no clear delineation, like there's no straight shot in, no, you know, either you're black or you're Latin or you're this or you're that, you know, it's about, you know, back to your point, you know, who you are, you know, it's it's about a human experience, you know, and, and that to me is, um, you know, where I think most people, you know, who have intersectional, you know, identifiers right you have gay black latinx you know or like more and more people are going through these um identity um journeys and it's it's starting to become more real around just showing up as a human right like how do you feel yes. more comfortable yes. showing up as yourself as a human as a person um and appreciating that and having everybody else appreciate that and hopefully get to we get to a point in time where you know we can break through all those challenges all those microaggressions all those you know those things that exist that you know create marginalization and 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 create these disparities so that you know we can we can you know start to show up as people you know wherever we go and and, and but i and, wanted to mention to you something really important amalie um my natural here has been a two-year transition, but I will tell you something. The, the job that I have today, I was kind of like debating in if I was going to show up with a wig or with my natural hair. Wow. And I said, you know what? I'm going to show up with my natural hair. I'm not going to show up with a wig. I got hired 
but um but uh, you know these thoughts that you have on questioning your your appearance i was mm -hmm. like no and like you said i felt better about myself i was you know i've been relaxing my hair since i was 12 that's all i knew and then by living here in california and then you know i got into a situation where financially it was just really expensive to get it done so i said yep. this is gonna happen so i chop it up and <laughs> congratulations and, and, <laughs> thank you <laughs> but um i want to say that this would i've done it before i don't know but then i was like no i'm gonna embrace this this is how it is yeah. and um i got hired and but just the thought of Yep. Accommodating somebody else instead mm -hmm. of accommodating yourself. yourself. Good. It's just like, wow. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot that people have to go through. You know, um, I, I definitely think it's changing. You know, yes. um, I definitely think there's more embrace, you know, for for that. And listen, I, you know, I think this is another phase of my journey. You're talking about hair again. Like I went back to straight because I was missing my straight hair. I was missing how it looked, you know? And and so I'm like, oh, I could do both, you know? I, it's you okay. You know? And it's but nobody's business. It's you nobody's business, right? You know, but of course I had to deal with all the comments when I went from curly to straight. Wow. Well, how did you do that? You know, I'm like, I just blew it straight, guys. It's... <laughs> not a big deal uh you know but it's like this like it just is so strange the things the conversations that you have around here um but you know i can i can do both and i don't have to worry about it and 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 unfortunately yes it's still top of mind you know i still have to think about hair you know um for work and things like that and meetings that i'm in and you know is it a senior leader or is it just my team you know like who who am i presenting to you know but then how you too. define professionalism? How do exactly. how you define it professionalism? Right. I'm like, right. Well, I mean, like it shouldn't be defined by what others, to your point, you know, what others expect you, you know, the box that others expect you to fit in. Of course, I'm not gonna go into eat into a meeting eating platanos, tostones, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with my chancletas on, you know, like you're not gonna do that. But you know, there's there's gotta be, you have to be professional. There's gotta be a definition of professionalism, but it shouldn't be determined by what media and you know right, where you the social, you know, the social norms that are set out there you know, what, it, what they're saying it is like, I do have to wear a suit to work, you know, when, when we yes. are back in person again, you know, uh, I have to wear a suit, you know, or I have to wear a jacket when I'm on a zoom call. Like that's to me, a definition to me, a definition of so to other people, because <laughs> I've been on some zoom calls where people are in like, you know, hoodies and, you know, <laughs> and you're like, what is happening here? Um, but, you know, for me, that's a sign of professionalism, whether I wear my hair curly or straight, that's not, you know, that's, that's not, me. it really is, you know, and, and so I think there's gotta be, you know, there's definitely has to be some professionalism in how you show up, you know, depending on what your, what industry you're in, um, you know, but, you know, there are certain things that are off the table and thank goodness we have the crown act now. So, you know, yes. there's a little bit of protection on that front in terms of the hair the hair narrative. ¿Te encantó la parte 1? Pues te va a fascinar parte 2. Sintoniza y ve el otro episodio. Acomodio. Acomodio.
Chumbita, chumbita, chumbita.